Welcome to the Woman-Centered Health Podcast. I am Dr. Nicole Lowe, and with me is Dr. Stephanie Edmonds. We are both PhD-prepared nurses and the founders of Woman-Centered Health. Join us as we talk with health professionals and researchers who can help you improve your communication with patients about sexual and reproductive health. Please visit our website to learn more and connect with us on social media by going to www.womancenteredhealth.com. Hi, and welcome to the Women-Centered Health Podcast. On this episode, we have another exciting sponsorship episode. Today, we are speaking with Kareen Chambers-Saney, CEO and co-founder of Diva International, the makers of the Diva Cup, and Sophie Zifku, the communications manager. We reached out to Diva Cup because Steffi and I thought this was an interesting product for the menstruating person and something that we thought providers may like to learn more about for their patients and maybe even themselves. If after the show, you are interested in learning more or want to reach out to Diva Cup, you can find more information on our website at www.womancenteredhealth.com or you can find them directly at www.divacup.com. So thank you for being with us today, Kareen and Sophie. So we typically start out by asking our guests to give a background about themselves. So if you could just start out by talking a little bit about yourselves and your roles with Diva Cup. Sure, I can start. So hi, everybody. My name is Karine, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Diva. This uh, has been a 15 plus year journey, more like 17 going on 18 years, actually, that I started with my mom, Francine, and we started with really the goal to bring something that was a better period solution for menstrual care for women all over the world. And my mom was never happy about it and what the options that were available. So we developed the Diva Cup based on a really old design that had been created in the 1930s and modernized it and have been on this amazing journey to disrupt the industry and really provide the most eco-friendly, clean and comfortable way to address menstrual care on the market today. Hello, everyone. My name is Sophie. I'm the communications manager here at Diva. I came to Diva after my post-grad work on uh, feminine hygiene discourse and happened to live in the hometown that Kareen and Francine also reside in and knew about the product from using it myself throughout my master's work and prior to that. And really had no idea they existed in Kitchener, Ontario. So we're home to Canada. And since then, since reaching out to them, have been working with the company for over six years, which is really exciting. And so I support much of the communications and PR. I oversee the social media team and the various personnel that work with that. My work actually started in consumer care here, supporting the everyday customer with their menstrual cup questions. And since starting, we've really taken off with supporting the medical and educator community through many different partnerships and resource support. And that's why we're here talking to you guys, because it's a really nice complement to patient care, we feel, in addition to all the many other benefits that it offers. Well, kind of right off the bat, I think the thing that really caught my attention is that you said you found this based off an old design from the 1930s? 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because my mom is a real visionary and she's she's always a problem solver and always trying to find new ways to do things since she was young. And when she was actually 14 years old, she thought of the idea of the menstrual cup and had always dreamed of this concept. But I mean, this was like the 60s. They had immigrated from France and it just wasn't something that she really <laughs> had any business doing anything about but just always kept that in the back of her mind and it wasn't until I was 14 she actually discovered the concept existed and was just blown away about how excited she was that this actually existed and this was what she'd always dreamed about and unfortunately the original cups were made out of rubber they looked kind of like little mini toilet plunger things (laughs) It wasn't very appealing to try it, but we tried it anyways, and she ordered it for both of us, and we loved it. And she continued to promote that concept for the next nine years. And in that time, I had gone through all through high school, through university. And when I finished, we just had this conversation, you know, we need to modernize this, we need to make this better so it can bring that this concept mainstream. We knew how incredible it was and how much it would change women's lives. Also, your mom sounds like the coolest person. I know. (laughs) She's pretty cool. (laughs) I think it's just pretty cool. I mean, coming from, I don't know, I feel like a lot of moms don't even talk to their daughters very openly about menstruation in the first place. But you and your mom were talking about it and thinking of products. And I think that in itself is really cool. But then to come up with a solution to that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like, first off, maybe we should just ask for listeners who may not know exactly what a menstrual cup is and and what diva cup is specifically. Sure, I can answer that. This is Karine. So the diva cup is a small reusable silicone cup, and it can be worn up to 12 hours. And it's great for travel. You can wear it overnight. And it's great for anyone with an active lifestyle. We actually had our a lot of our beginning followers in the yoga community. And they really embraced the concept and helped spread the word. The, the cup itself is made out of 100% silicone. It's healthcare-grade silicone. And there's no chemicals, plastics, or dyes that we add. So there's nothing that can leach out into the body. And we purposefully, to this day, we don't add any coloring. A lot of the cups on the market now have a lot of colors and dyes, and it's just a risk that we don't think is worth taking. So the cup is actually inserted, and it's worn low in the base of the vaginal canal, and it simply collects rather than absorbs the menstrual flow. So it actually is great because it gives you up to 12 hours of protection. You can wear it for the whole day. And it holds up to a full ounce, and that's usually about four or five times more than what a tampon would or a pad would hold. So it holds quite a bit. And most people find that even after the 12 hours, it's not even full. That's pretty much it. It's simple. That that does sound very simple. And so I'm also interested, since this came from an older design, in what ways has it evolved to what it looks like or is now? So when we designed our version... We took a lot of the years of our own experience using the cup and we improved the material. We improved the way the venting, the suction and the air holes worked. That was surprisingly one of the most difficult things that we had to overcome. And we added the ridges on the bottom of the cup to help removal. 
it's actually the silicone itself is not buffed. So it's kind of looks opaque. And that helps the cup stay in place. Like there was a lot of thought and even just from the shape and the design and everything that went into developing the Diva Cup. So how did you come up with the name Diva Cup? It was actually funny. So we always would brainstorm about different things. And there was just something about the word Diva. And if you actually go back to the origin of the word Diva, it's the Italian word for a goddess and someone whose talents are just unbelievably explosive and amazing. And we just felt like it's been kind of shamed a little bit in society and people kind of have a a negative connotation, but the true meaning of the word, it's really an empowering word. And we felt that as soon as we heard it and we came up with it, we're like, that this is it. This is this is the word. It's diva. So why do you recommend the Diva Cup over the other type of menstrual products on the market like tampons and pads? I mean, there's so many reasons. I think from just a comfort standpoint, and I know when I tried a menstrual cup for the first time, it was just such a game changer for me. And the fact that it's reusable, that saves so much money, so much waste from the landfills. And most women spend minimum $150 a year on pads and tampons. And the Diva Cup, we do recommend replacing it annually. And you only need to buy one every year or so. So it's really, really economical. And it helps you reduce your eco footprint and prevent all these like pads and tampons and applicators and the lining and all the stuff that's sitting in the landfills and the waterways for pretty much all of time. As far as the comfort and convenience being having a solution that you can wear for 12 hours with no strings and nothing to fuss with your underwear. When it's positioned correctly, you can't even feel it and you can have leak-free protection the whole day. Just kind of going back to when you and your mom were sort of coming up with this idea when you were in these early stages, was there something specifically that led you to looking for a different solution for a menstrual product? It was kind of just something that happened, you know, when all the right things just align and it just kind of unfolded. And it was from when my mom discovered that this concept existed, it was just like that light bulb. And as soon as we tried it, we literally came home and we were jumping up and down going, Oh my God, this is like the best thing ever. We just could not believe it. And it just was such a shame that the world didn't know about this. And how has this been held back from our knowledge for so long? And, you know, we've all been missing out. So it was just this passion that ignited that we had to spread the word. And it was almost like a calling that this became our life's passion to spread this to anyone and everyone that will listen. So I know you previously mentioned how you don't have colors and dyes in your cup. I'm just curious, why do you feel that the Diva Cup is superior to other menstrual cups? So we've obviously have a lot of experience and we've been doing this for a long time with, I mean, the keeper that was in the early 90s that my mom was already selling and promoting a previous menstrual cup, one of the original ones. And we just put so much effort and time and resources into the quality and to ensuring the safety of the cup. 
we are really one of the only companies in the world that's actually head office is ISO certified. And that's the 13485 medical device certification. We are still, I think, one of one or two cups actually even allowed to be sold in Canada because of the stringent regulatory requirements. We have really set the bar for the category and take a lot of pride in everything that we do, including one of our newest certifications is MDSAP, which is kind of combines Canada, USA, Australia, Brazil. I think there's five countries and Japan into this certification and the regulatory body. When we go through audits every year, we've been through FDA audits, we've been through four or five day audits with different bodies. And we are very confident in all of our processes that we're really providing one of the, if not the most regulated cup on the market. On top of what we offer internally, as far as our consumer care team, offering support in multiple languages, and we're really just the experts because we've been doing this for so long. And we're also the only menstrual cup in the world with B Corp, certified B Corporation, which Sophie was integral last year in helping us achieve this incredible status. Now that we've become a B Corp, this actually forces companies to challenge the status quo by using the power of business to solve social and environmental problems. Everything we do in the company is supporting our B Corp and eco mindset. And we don't add chemicals, plastics, BPA, latex, dyes. And as a company, we invest so much time, knowledge, and resources in, in our community and in international organizations that are providing health care and education and really empowering women and children all over the world. So we're just getting started. We really have this incredible base that we've built, and there is a lot coming for us. We're really, really excited about what's to come and what our company is doing and the impact that we're having on the world. So are there specific people who you would recommend the Diva Cup be used for? So the great thing about the Diva Cup is it's actually designed for anyone who is in need of period care. And it doesn't matter whether they're 13, 33, or 43, there's a cup for every life stage. And it's definitely for people with active lifestyle who love to travel. But definitely as a busy mom myself, I can't imagine my life without it. Just being able to put it in and not think about it for the whole day without having to pack all the products and have to think about emptying it all day long or finding a place to dispose of products. It's it's ideal. It actually comes in three sizes. Originally, we had the Model 1 designed for women under 30 who hadn't had children and the Model 2 for women over 30 or women who've had children regardless of the age. And we just launched Model 0, which we're really excited about. And it's designed as a starter cup and it's a little bit smaller in diameter and in length. And it's great for girls just starting their period and for someone who just wants to get a feel for the concept and try it out. But it's important to actually use the right cup size and to make sure that it's making the proper seal and you don't experience leakage. What kind of feedback are you getting from young people on that Model Zero? 
Well, we actually did a study and we have had really great feedback. The Model 1 is also okay. We've had a lot of teams that have used it and it is possible to use multiple sizes, but it's a little bit intimidating when people see the cup for the first time. So I think that the Model 0 is going to be really great to get a whole new group of girls that may have been too scared to try it before that can see, oh yeah, it's not that bad and it's not so big and get the hang of it. This is just Sophie jumping in. I just wanted to just kind of add a little bit of nuance from the consumer facing side of things that I work with day in and day out here. And a lot of younger girls and teens who are starting their cycle really love the menstrual cup concept and the diva cup because it it affords them the opportunity to spend an entire day at school without worrying about product changes and packing extra product for the day. For a lot of young girls who are in athletics, really amazing because if they have weekend tournaments, they bring just the cup with them. They wear it for 12 hours, give it a thorough clean, reinsert, and that's all they bring for their weekend. And so for a lot of these girls, it's actually not necessarily an out of sight, out of mind experience with their cycle, but because they can go throughout the day without really, it's more of the nuisance or hassle of having to change the product or find a spot to dispose of it, depending on where they are. That's kind of the big one for them. And the other one is overnight. For a lot of them, there's a lot of hesitation or real concerns around leaking if they choose to wear pads at night. The Diva Cup, you can wear it for up to 12 hours and they put it in and just they sleep easy knowing that it's going to hold their flow. I think that a lot of teens don't have heavy cycles, but a fair bit of them do. And so being able to go to a friend's sleepover without concern of leaking, it really does provide so much more confidence to a young girl than other products can. And I think it really just helps them to be more confident, even just in having their cycle and talking openly about it as well. So those are some of the things we've heard from some of the girls that have either tried the Model Zero or have been using the Model One for a number of years, as we said, prior to the Model Zero. Um, the Model One was kind of the choice pick for teens, and it really just affords them more confidence in themselves and in the product they're using to be able to kind of live life the way they want to. When I think about my teen self, I feel like back then the big thing was, you know, when they made the tampons like super small, so you could like hide them in your hand. So when you went to the bathroom, not everybody saw that you're carrying a tampon and that was the thing to do Mm -hmm. was that we've got a tampon that you can conceal in your hand. And so I could see where this would just alleviate all of that and also at the same time promote body health literacy. So I think it's kind of a great solution. Yeah, there really is an empowerment that goes with the product. And so, as I said, like the product doesn't necessarily require sliding something up your sleeve, but one would think that it would then create more of like a hushed conversation around periods, but it actually creates more open dialogue because the product, you do have to get up close and personal with your menstrual cycle. You're inserting it, removing it, cleaning it out. There's something unique that happens in people when they start using the product, which is really exciting. It's like a switch goes off in them and all of a sudden they're like, you know, I'm proud to get my period. And I want to tell people about this unique product that I have. And I want to share about my confidence and help. So it actually has created more dialogue, not being as, even though it is more discreet than if it were to be less discreet. And that creates more hushed dialogue. So it's been really interesting to watch how the the conversations have changed with people who are trying the product to just being more confident and proud to kind of speak about their cycle as something worthy of conversation rather than hiding it because it's kind of out there in the open when they're changing it and caring for it. 
even though you don't see it physically, it's like a constant thing that they just want to share and talk about. So on one hand, we're talking about the Divaka being discreet. I have talked to friends who have sometimes joked about using the menstrual cup because they're unsure how they would go about cleaning it, especially if they're in a public restroom. Do you have anything sort of to add about that concern that women have? Absolutely. I can definitely speak to that. Because the product can be worn for up to 12 hours, rest assured, it will most likely be unlikely that you will have to empty it in a public place. However, if you do have to empty it in a public place, we recommend if you have access to bottled water, safe to drink water, usually a water bottle is really handy to bring in with you. This often happens when you're traveling or backcountry camping. Uh, Make sure you thoroughly wash your hands before entering the stall. If you have access to a washroom, finding an accessible washroom that has a sink in it can go a long way as well. But what we really encourage is just thoroughly washing your hands, removing the cup as you would when you're at home, emptying the contents, and then reinserting it and giving it a thorough clean at the next convenient time. There has definitely, especially within North America, there's a lot more accessible washrooms, especially in schools and public places. And I I have found myself, I travel a lot with the company and have found myself having my cycle that it's actually once you understand and are comfortable with the product, changing it in a public setting, it's not really something that you are concerned about. But having not used it, we totally understand how that is a concern. We have a really helpful YouTube video on our YouTube channel that kind of kind of goes through some tips and tricks. And then we have some amazing blog posts and a lot of really good insights through our consumer care team. If people want to message support at divacup.com because it is something that we understand can be a really big concern. But as you get more comfortable with it, you don't even, like you're just going through the motions. You're like, I'm just changing my Diva Cup in Target or I'm just changing my Diva Cup at school. You just, you really just get used to doing that. And it's not even something you really get apprehensive about once you do it a few times. But as I said, most fine, they put it in the morning, they go about their day. And then they they clean it once they get home. And it's usually between the 10 to 12 hour mark that you usually do get back home. And since we are talking about friend concerns, I also had a friend actually text me this morning because I was like, hey, I'm talking to Diva Cup today. Any questions? And this is something I've also heard from other people (laughs) as well is the sanitary factor. And they're concerned like how sanitary is that? Does it seem weird to be taking that in and out and dealing with that? So I'm just wondering if you can maybe talk about the, the sanitary part of it. Sure. So the Diva Cup itself is made of healthcare grade silicone. And so it's really important to keep it clean. Like anything, we recommend using the use, uh, following the instructions in the user guide. We do recommend that people boil the cup before use. So right after you take it out of the package, boil it in a dedicated Diva Cup pot, because a lot of women do find that they boil it in between cycles. It can help with discoloration depending on flow. The cup can discolor because it is a clear silicone. For some, it can discolor quite quickly. For others, it doesn't really discolor. It just depends on the nuances of your cycle. And so warm water and a mild fragrance oil-free soap, washing thoroughly with the cup is what we recommend. We have a Diva wash that's specifically formulated for the Diva cup. And we just encourage following the directions that we lay out and doing the 10 to 12 hour clean between removing and inserting. And then you can do a final boil at the end of your cycle. We find that it really is about just being mindful of hand washing techniques. A lot of women we find just insert it during the shower in the morning, but it's really just good hand washing and making sure you use uh, safe to drink water. If you're somewhere where you don't have that, we recommend boiling the water so that you're able to then use that boiled water to clean your cup. 
I think some people might have this conception that, oh, you know, if I'm collecting my period all day long and then I take it out, like, does that look like a crime scene or something? And so (laughs) I think that that also lends itself to the sanitary part. So maybe you could talk about that as well. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So as Karine mentioned earlier, most often for most of our consumers, when you remove it at the 12 hour mark or slightly before the cup usually isn't even half full. So the average woman will flow about 30 to 60 milliliters or one to two ounces over the course of her cycle. So four to seven days, let's say the cup holds 30 milliliters in 12 hours. And so most empty it and it's about half full. There is a bit of a technique and strategy when removing, you know, tilting the cup up and then just emptying it. It really isn't a crime scene situation. Um, it's, I think it's just where our mind goes. Like we're used to seeing flow on the pad, flow on a tampon. It's quite gross. Like it can, because you have the cotton, you have the plastics, you have all this stuff in it. The silicone really just holds the fluid essentially in the cup and you empty it and you pour it out and, and then you wash it out and you put it back in. It definitely is one of those things that this is where your mind goes when you think through like, what is this thing and how does it function and how does it work? But you have to understand that it, it really isn't as much flow. Pads and tampons are a really poor indicator of flow. And most people find that when they use the product, they're actually quite enlightened by how little is in there or even just the changes that they see month over month, which can be really helpful to report to a healthcare provider too, to see that, oh, I've been clotting a bit more. Oh, my cycle is definitely increasing or the supportive medication or supplement that I'm on is actually decreasing my flow, which is amazing because for those that struggle with things like dysmenorrhea, it can be really helpful to be able to, to monitor that. And so while there may be more flow in your cup, if you have a heavier cycle, it's all technique. And we have really supportive team here in our consumer care, a lot of really helpful videos even down to how your hand can be angled when inserting or removing. Like we have those tips for our consumers because we know it's different in you and it, we want to be able to have success stories with the product. And that's why we're here to support people. Great. Just to add to that as well. One of the great things too, is that most people find there's less odor because the flow isn't getting exposed to air and it, you know, in the cup. So I think, I mean, I can speak to that myself as a user that I just barely even notice I have my period. And I mean, I get more odor with a panty liner than I do on my period with a cup. Just a really great solution from that perspective as well. Side question, and I know that this is kind of a weird link that you're talking about odor and this popped in my head, but what about people who have sex on their period? Is that something you can do with the Diva Cup? I was thinking that too. Period sex. (laughs) Diva Cup isn't designed for period sex. There are cups that are designed to accommodate that. So we, we don't necessarily recommend it because it is worn lower in the canal. But I, I think a lot of people do enjoy other things because it is pretty clean and they can enjoy um, adult intimacy during that time of the month. Perfect. Sorry about that. That's a valid question. <laughs> no, it's, a really, it's actually a really important question. Yeah, it's so important. So you said it's just worn lower in the canal, so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's designed to sit horizontal towards the tailbone with the stem just sitting between the labia. So it actually sits away from the cervix. So it's not designed like a diaphragm would be to sit around the cervix. Mm -hmm. It's actually meant to sit low and flat, which makes it really easy to insert and remove and makes it quite comfortable to fit in the canal. You're not worried about it really interfering with the cervix itself because it's not designed. For those that may have a lower cervix, the cup may sit close. Closer, 
but that doesn't mean that it's sitting around it. It just might be in closer proximity. And so that's something that's really important for a lot of women. They actually trim the stem because it can, depending on how it sits at the opening, can rub against the labia and that can cause irritation. So some trim it, some keep it. It depends on the angle of the pelvic floor. Interesting. Honestly, I think I thought that it did sit up against the cervix. Me too. Yeah. I was going to ask that next, like if women were concerned about it getting sort of stuck, like retained tampons are a huge issue in OBGYN setting, you know, either because women forget about them or they can't get them out because the string gets lost. So that's where I was kind of wondering if that was an issue then with Diva Cup. Yeah. Big concern that a lot of people have at first trying it is, oh my gosh, is it going to get lost? Or what if I can't? And I think that's where body literacy comes into play as well, because for a lot of new users, understanding how it sits and where the cervix is and where your opening is and relaxing the muscles is the biggest tip that we can provide to people because it's actually the pelvic floor muscles, the vaginal canal, which is a muscle that holds the cup in place. And so if you're tense, it's not that it's going to be hard to remove it, but your muscles are going to be holding the cup in place for dear life if you're tense. And so it's important to release the seal. So as the cup goes in, it opens up and it forms a seal to ensure against leaking. And then when you go to remove, you pinch the base of the cup and you'll feel the, the seal release and it folds into itself again, just as you fold it to put it in and then you quickly remove it. It's really just a getting used to the how to use the product, but it can be a concerning thing that it can get lost or something, but it's not going to go anywhere. It's the vaginal canal is like a tube and we do a lot to educate consumers about this. We work with a pelvic health specialist in our community here and she's provided a ton of blog posts and even video support to kind of educate people about the pelvic floor and your vaginal canal and all the amazing things and muscle points that are in it that actually allow for something like the diva cup to be held in place for as long as it is. So yeah, it's a common question. Will it get lost? How will I find it? It's like, no, it won't get lost. And because it sits at the base and you can feel it, it's right there. Like when you go to remove it, you're like, oh, there it is. So when it's inserted the way that it's designed to be, it's pretty easy to remove. It's interesting you talk about pelvic floor. So we've been abuzz with uh, pelvic floor stuff ever since we released our pelvic floor episode. We actually also have a recording with uh, Jenna Perkins, who's a nurse practitioner in neurogynecology about vulvar and pelvic health. And in that episode, she stressed the importance of educating women on their anatomy and body literacy and how that knowledge can really be empowering. And so because this is a podcast about communication, how would you recommend having providers discuss using the diva cup and while keeping body literacy in mind that's a great question and it's something that we work very hard to support the medical community with i've talked to thousands and thousands of medical professionals throughout canada and the united states over the last number of years and the biggest thing is even just having the conversation or talking to patients about period care or asking how their period is or how happy are you with your products and hearing their replies because oftentimes even just providing the alternative as a conversation point improves body literacy. And so um, to Karine's point and with her mom growing up, there really wasn't a lot of talk around these products, but they've been around since the 1930s. And so body literacy starts with people understanding what their options are. And so I think starting the conversation with hey, do you know that reusables exist? And there's something called the Diva Cup. And we provide a ton of resources to doctors. We have demo kits that have the model sizes so they can have them in the office. But for a lot of 
patients just seeing the product and how you hold it and how it's inserted. That's a teaching moment right there for patients to learn more. You know, it goes into the vaginal canal and even just to show, have that little teaching moment about anatomy. A lot of times patients don't really get those opportunities to ask questions about the pelvic floor, even their anatomy. And another thing that I think can be really beneficial to body literacy from a practitioner standpoint to a patient is perhaps trying the product yourself because having that personal conversation about your experience with the product, we find that it really goes a long way. And for a lot of practitioners, before they would want to recommend a product that might be newer to them, like a menstrual cup, they would want to first try it to then be able to kind of give some tips and tricks to their patients as well. But open dialogue around periods, I think, can also be really beneficial. We find that when it comes to body literacy and menstrual talk, it kind of has a taboo still linked to it, although we might not want to believe it, it's still there. And oftentimes for some patients, the conversations they have with their teacher or the school nurse or a medical professional, like a doctor, really is the only conversation they're going to have about their period or their vaginal canal or reproductive health. And so taking those opportunities to really speak positively and speak positive words into it sets the stage for them even wanting to be more body literate. Because in order to have body literacy, you need to have people wanting to talk about the body and all its diverse and unique elements. And that there's no difference in that with period talk. You really need that open conversation. And so I think there's a lot that we can offer support in terms of resources and demo kits and even product samples to health professionals, but for them to also kind of try it or get excited or gain new knowledge and support the patient where they are and provide the options goes a long way. So for providers who are listening or they want to get a sample or try this within their clinic, how would they go about doing that? So there is a resource request form on our website at divacup.com and you can complete it. There's the option to request a school kit, a medical kit, and then you can submit that. It comes into our team and we'll process it. You can also email resource at divacup.com or message us through the info inbox and also connect with us on social media, depending on what method of communication, just kind of contact our team. Let us know who you are. I'm a healthcare provider. I'm a nurse. I'm a naturopath. I'd really love more information. And we'll make sure you get what you need. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and social media networks because we often are at a number of conferences, especially medical related ones. And so you could even if you're attending one of the conferences or events, meet us at our booth and kind of have that direct conversation with us as well. Great. And just a quick question about providers and recommending the Diva Cup. Are there specific reasons why providers like to recommend the Diva Cup specifically? Yeah. So as Karine mentioned, it it definitely is a great option for all patients and everyone who has a cycle to kind of experience the product. But there are some instances where it may really better a patient's case at the time. And so one example would be someone with dysmenorrhea has a really heavy flow and you're, you're working with your patient to reduce the flow and you may recommend medication and or supplement to kind of see if that's going to reduce it. The product itself has flow measure lines on it. And so a patient could actually track cycle to cycle how many milliliters or ounces their flow was cycle to cycle. We actually had a group out in BC at uh, University of British Columbia through SEMCOR, so the Center for Menstrual Cycle Research that ran a perimenopause study with progesterone support and participants used the cup to see if the progesterone had an effect on their flow, like the perimenopause. And the best way for them to track that was by using the Diva Cup. For other patients who do experience irritation 
from the cotton rayon dioxin, various other plastics and chemicals in pads, this can be a really great solution to emit that irritation that they experience for those who have perhaps a drier vaginal canal, because as Kirin said, the product does not absorb, but it collects. It helps to really maintain that natural fluid environment of the vaginal canal. So when someone has their cycle and they use the product, it will not dry out. It actually just collects the flow and you find that insertion and removal is much more manageable and comfortable compared to a tampon because it's still a very fluid environment in terms of the vaginal canal. And so it can be really helpful for patients who do experience more of a dry canal. And just overall, I think if there is somebody who is expressing frustration with their cycle because of the different nuances, product changes, the cost itself, that's something Kree mentioned. I know that for a lot of users of the product, $39.99 value of the Diva Cup per year is much more sustainable than the $150 they'll be spending. And so the last thing we would want from a menstrual equity standpoint is for somebody to be using other means to care for their cycle simply because they can't afford their product of choice. And so the Diva Cup can really eliminate that burden, that cost burden for them and make sure that they have the best solution that will provide them with a better experience overall. Awesome. So we've talked a lot about really how many great things come along with using the menstrual cup. And I'm just curious, are there any negatives or drawbacks that you see or that uh, users have reported from using the Diva Cup? We like to refer experiences with the product that aren't 100% satisfactory to being more challenges. It is our big mission here, especially through consumer care and social media, is to have everybody who tries the Diva Cup love it and use it for life. We don't like to accept people giving <laughs> up because the experience leaking is actually one of the most common reports that we get from consumers. And like 99.9% of the time, it's because they're either using the wrong size, that they position it incorrectly, or that their pelvic floor is either too tight or too loose, and they just require some support by pelvic health physiotherapists, which we do everything we can to try to match them with one. So within our community here in Canada, we have links to various clinics that we can direct people to. We also know of a number in the U.S. and direct people to get that support. And so we do all we can to ensure that when somebody tries the Diva Cup, that they're going to be happy with it. It does take one to three cycles. We can be honest with anything new that you try. I mean, you can all remember our first time even trying the tampon or contact lenses. It takes a bit getting used to. And so we don't want our customers to give up and we want to work with them. And most of the time when they phone us, they really just want it to work. And same with, they're really just asking for tips and they're coming to us because they want it to work. They see the potential and they want it to work. One thing that I do want to note in terms of not necessarily a challenge, but something that may, even from a healthcare perspective, deter someone from trying or may seem like someone may not is using the Diva Cup simultaneous with an IUD. And so for the longest time, there's been a lot of conversation around if the two can be used simultaneously, and they actually can. There's continued research, vetted research that's come out that does show that there's no increase in expulsion with using a Diva Cup compared to tampon or just in general from the expulsion rate of IUDs, which can happen even if you're not using internal devices. We do recommend, and we have a great blog post just from our insight and talking with some gynecologists to make sure you have that visit after the IUD is inserted to make sure it's in place, get the ultrasound, make sure the, the strings are trimmed a little shorter if your cervix is a little lower to break the seal before removal, regardless of if you have an IUD or not. But we find that the two are used quite nicely together, but it is something that 
you might, and as you said, a lot of people assume it sits around the cervix. They assume it's positioned this way, but it's a really great option for individuals who are looking for a sustainable solution to also use that alongside of the IUD. We just recommend that people talk to their doctor prior to using it and ensure that it's, it is intact and just be mindful of uh, breaking the seal when removing the product. Yeah, so thanks for talking about that with the IUDs and the Diva Cup, because I had actually never heard that was a concern. And so just now in my practice, if I hear that, I'll be able to say Mm -hmm. that it is not an issue. So are there any other myths that you've come across that women have about the Diva Cup that kind of prevent them from using it or providers? Well, actually, we spoke to a few of them. I know Kareen identified a few of them as well. One of them was odor. If it's sitting in the cup, will it smell? IUD use is one of them. And the other one I had mentioned was with regards to the Diva Cup will get stuck or lost inside of me. I don't know, Karina, if you've heard a number because she's she's definitely had a lot of her consumer care experience as well. Um, but we have spoken to, I think, a fair number of them. But a lot of them have been resolved. And that's kind of the nice thing a lot because there was such a new product. And even you saying yourself, Stephanie, that, you know, you, you haven't had the connection between IUD and Diva Cup, but we then receive emails where they'll say, oh, my, my doctor said I can't use this because it, this sits like a diaphragm. And it's like, no, it doesn't. And so we're doing our due diligence to also provide that education. So Karina, I don't know if you know of any other myths around the product, because you probably heard some weird ones when you first started marketing <laughs> the product. Well, I think the weirdest one, and this has come up a number of times over the years, is we've been asked if the cup actually fills with urine, and <laughs> they don't realize there's two separate holes. That <laughs> so Going back to body literacy. <laughs> yeah, going back to body literacy, I think that's definitely, definitely key. But I think the biggest ones that most common ones we hear is actually the whole kind of gross factor, ick factor thing. Oh, this is this going to be gross? Is it going to be messy? Is it going to fill everywhere? And, you know, it's one of those things that you kind of just have to try it and get over that fear and see that it's quite surprisingly clean compared to other options that we're already dealing with. I mean, the amount of mess that I feel like I used to deal with as far as from the leakage and thrown away clothing and bedding and and dealing with all of that as opposed to with a cup, night and day for me at least. And we've heard that reported from a lot of customers as well. I think one that we hear a little bit more often even still is, and I don't know if I would classify it as myth, but more misconception around product use and the fact that people perceive their body size to then translate into the model size that they would need to use. And so they say, well, I'm, I'm very petite, you know, so I need to use the model one because if I use the model two and that individual could be 35 with four kids but because they're petite, I think this is where body literacy really comes into play and in letting people know that the size of your body doesn't determine the size of the vaginal canal and having that conversation around the pelvic floor. But we've had some really interesting explanations for why somebody should use model one or model two. We're like, no, no, that's not. But it just not necessarily knowing or being educated about the connection between the pelvic floor, the vaginal canal being a muscle and how that relates to product use. And so um, we get that one a lot, the petite and four children. And, you know, even though I'm over 30 and then the cup, it will fall out essentially. Like it just, it, it doesn't stay in varies. And like, I don't know why it's leaking and it won't stay in place. And so I think that's just a, more of a misunderstanding, but there are these myths probably from the way that other like traditional options are marketed with the the small, medium, light or that sort of thing. So working through kind of 
the traditional product descriptions and how they're educating people about products and then trying to kind of rephrase and re-educate around sustainable and how it's a very different entire experience, but also the mechanics of the product is different as well. And if there is a person who identifies as having a really heavy menstrual cycle, would you still say they could go 10 to 12 hours or how would that change? That can vary depending on the individual and what I advise people to do when they come and do share that they have a heavy cycle if they send a message is to take the cup out at six hours and see how full the product is. If at six hours it is closer to the top, that that may indicate that on the heavier days, a six to eight hour wear may be a little better suited for them. For most, you can go quite long. I know for a lot of the people that we work with who experience dysmenorrhea or endometriosis that they will say they can go longer. So instead of going half an hour, they can go four hours comparing the tampon versus the menstrual cup. I have a fairly heavy cycle myself. I have stage four endo. And so I, that's one of the the reasons why I switched to the Diva Cup was because I couldn't really get through even a two hour or three hour lecture at school without leaking through everything. And so with the product, I was able to do a good six to eight hours, which it literally changed my life. It transformed the way I lived. It transformed how long I could be out. So it, it can be really revolutionary in that way to really just empower you to actually be able to live life without worrying about that. And as I said, for many, they may think they have a heavy cycle and then they try the product and they realize that it, it isn't actually as heavy as they thought. Whereas for others, they will be able to easily identify if they are kind of in that category of heavy cycle. And it's just kind of learning to use it and gauging when it gets full. The third, fourth day, I find that it's pretty easy and overnight's really nice because you're not necessarily moving around as much and you can go much longer. But I found the first time I tried it and it was the first night that I didn't have leaking, which was amazing for my period. So I feel like those who have heavy cycle are actually a really good candidate to try this. And if you have patients that have heavy cycle, know that probably a big part of the frustration that they struggle with is products that don't work for them. And so recommending the Diva Cup will probably be one of the best things you recommend to them to try. I love a lot of what you just said. I think that I've never heard a provider actually talk about product use other than like some of kind of like that, I don't know, common like don't use fragrances and that kind of thing, but not as far as tampons, pads, cup. Now there's these underwear too, but I think that would be really empowering. And also for those people with heavy flow, I know in high school, that would have changed my life um, because it was a struggle (laughs) to get through high school for me. You know, you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom and how embarrassing is that, you know, so, and just sitting through class and worrying that you're leaking. (laughs) So I think that was a really good kind of message to drive things home. I think that that's good also for our providers to know that that's a nice alternative and that this can be very useful for that. So I'm, I'm glad we had that discussion. I was just going to speak to along those lines that it, I think a lot of the time we forget that there is a mental health or psychological element to experiencing one cycle, especially if you have a heavier one or you're younger and it's new to you and the the confidence that kind of comes with using a product like the Diva Cup can just really be something that a patient needs to hear that day. We work with a lot of individuals who phone us and we, when we train our consumer care staff, we always remind them. And it's not because it's not coming from a point 
of weakness, but more empathy to understand that you have people who are phoning in if their cup is leaking. We don't know their story. We don't know if they're experiencing PCOS on a monthly basis or endometriosis or if they just leaked all over you know, their seat in high school. We don't, we don't know what's going on with them and to understand that there's more to that discussion than simply use this product end of story. There's lived experiences that happen with cycles. And I think that having more conversations with patients about that can really help them to then be open to body literacy and more conversations around everything to do with their health and even be more open to want to talk about their health. And yeah, and I just want to say that this has been very enlightening. And I also want a full disclosure for our listeners that Stephanie and I have pursued sponsors, but only for those that we really stand behind and trust. And I will fully admit that I have never used a Diva Cup. I don't currently just because I have an IUD, so I don't have a period. So I I, I currently <laughs> don't have a need for one. Same here. <laughs> but if I did, I mean, this is something that I think is really interesting and that I would also consider using. And and I too, I'll fully admit, had a lot of maybe the misperceptions like, is this a crime scene? What is this like? <laughs> so I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation. And I think this is really great for providers. Again, just to have one more tool that they can reach out to and not only just a tool, but another way to open up the dialogue and create more trusting relationships with a menstruating person, really. And just, again, provide health literacy, body literacy, and another tool. So I think this has just been a really great conversation. So so thank you. Before we wrap up here, we just want to ask, do you have any last things that you'd like to talk about before we end our conversation? Yeah, I'd really love to. So this is Sophie. I'd really love to just kind of end on a note regarding something that our company has really taken lead on in terms of being a mouthpiece and trying to communicate more about menstrual equity. So this is the idea where anybody who needs access to period care products are able to access them. And there's no barrier to that access. And so as a healthcare provider, we actually receive a fair number of requests and have conversations with clinics and various health offices around how they can support those who need access and start those conversations around that for individuals who do not have access to menstrual care products or choosing between using the money that they have for that month on product or food for their family, what are they then using if if they can't afford the product? And so having conversations to ensure that they do have access to products is really important. And secondly, providing perhaps product available for free in the office for patients to take or the clinic just to have there so that you know that while it might not be a conversation they want to bring up, a lot of places have things called kindness cupboards. And so they're cupboards that just are stocked with menstrual care products. And we as an organization do support a lot of these things. And so also contacting us to be able to help stock that with Diva Cups, if that's an option, but reaching out to organizations that we work with, one of which is period, the menstrual movement, to see how they can provide these samples to make sure that all the patients that they serve do have equal option and access to products is really important to us as an organization. And we find that a lot of those conversations do start with medical professionals and their patients. I just love this. This has just been great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to share our story and for having Karina and myself. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We enjoy it so much and we're happy to come back anytime. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with us today. It has been very informative. Yes, and we hope that our listeners feel the same way.
<laughs> and as always, we hope that you enjoyed another episode of the Woman-Centered Health Podcast. We are always looking for new supporters, sponsors, and guests. So if you'd like to be on our show or know someone who you think would be perfect, let us know. You can find more information on how to support us and contact us on our website at www.womancenteredhealth.com. <laughs>